present only students. Um, this study is meant to be interactive, so you can what kind of role does it play in our life, and especially about fear. So how we how do we control fear? What fear means, and how we deal with this. And I would like us to you know to share in this and to to be um, to encourage one another also with our experiences of life. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord, our Father, for having given us this privilege to study your word again. All together, Lord, we come before you and we ask you to guide us by your Spirit so we can understand your word, so we can encourage one another, Lord. And um, read this, in this other page in the history of your church, Lord. We simply want to ask you to... Um, open our hearts so we can understand your word and continue to fellowship with you, with one another. I ask you, Lord, to make us understand what does it really mean to fear you, Lord, mm. and what, how can we apply this in our lives, Lord. Thank you for your uh, teaching and for, thank you for your presence in our midst. In Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. This study also comes from thinking ahead and some listening. I listen to some teachers uh, who speak about the importance of emotions and uh, what, you know, emotions, what, what kind of role do they play in our spiritual life. And you know that we all battle uh, in, in the realm of spirit and the flesh. You all know what spirit means. It's the, our new nature, right? It's our new thinking, our new way of living. And the flesh is our old self. So, in the same way, we can also say that there are some spiritual emotions, emotions that come from our new nature, okay? And there are emotions that, that they stay in our old nature and they come from our old nature. So, we, we go into, today, we go into studying this question um, through the Word of God. We're going to read a lot of passages and also see, um, you know, what are the Greek words that uh, translate the word fear, and also we have a Hebrew word there, and we'll try to understand altogether um, how to actually develop the fear of God. So, um, I would like us to turn to, to the Bible right away, and we're going to read a lot today, so let's prepare to turn the pages. So, um, I would like to start with Luke 2 and verse 9. So in the Gospel of Luke, verse two, uh, chapter two, verse nine. So it's a, it's a well-known passage, and I will uh, read it now. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. So you remember, it was the shepherds who were just uh, shepherding the flocks. And suddenly, they, they had this, this appearance of, of an angel of the Lord. So they were afraid. So we can just stop on this uh, moment and say, well, they were afraid. What kind of fear was it? Okay? And this will allow us to understand a little bit more the nature of fear and how fear works in our lives. So first of all, the fear... Um, in itself it's simply a natural fear it's something that we can be suddenly afraid of you know, in, in, our, in, in our nature it's not bad or it's not good or it's simply there 
because uh, God created us with fear. So we have this fear. And we can say that natural fear is actually important. Just take a, a simple situation where you go, let's say, and you cross the, the street, you know, and there are cars moving there, and suddenly you turn your head and you see a car coming in your direction. So the natural fear will bring you will bring you from this, right? You, 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 will, you will try to escape from, from uh, this, this situation, right? So there wouldn't be any accident. So it's a natural fear. And there are many situations where we have this natural fear. In this situation, those shepherds, we can understand, they were greatly afraid. But um, they, they simply like had a natural fear because they had this appearance. So, um, outcome, natural fear. I would like us to go to Genesis 15, and this is the passage that we are studying right now, and, and that's why I also picked it up. We studied uh, in our Saturday uh, morning studies with Jack, and um, we have this there, Genesis 15, uh, 1. Mm-hmm. So we have actually, it's like it's one of the first usages of this word fear in Scripture. The other usage is actually in Genesis 3. We're going to see it also. But here, in Genesis 15, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Hebrew word, uh, actually a verb, yara. We'll see it uh, later. It's used there in the verse um, uh, 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in the vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So, um, Abram was afraid, right? And the Lord came to him, saying, do not be afraid. But now, why Abram was afraid, actually? What happened there? Really, to see what kind of fear is that in this situation. So, again, um, the Lord came to Abram and said, do not be afraid, Abram. So, uh, what do you think, what happened there? Like, why Abram had this fear? He's going to take it again. Right? You know, this is one possibility that he was referring to the war, right, that happened before. But when you read after, you see in the verse 2, yes, probably not. Okay, that's very nice. So just, I would like to come back to what Gabriel was actually trying to see the nature of this fear. What kind of fear is that? And right now, um, I think, you know what, it's not what we call the fear of God. You know, it's not what you're saying right now in this situation. It's not really that Abram uh, is, um, you know, in this uh, position where he is afraid of God, you know, in, in, in the sense of the fear of God. Because God says, do not be afraid. But when we are actually um, in fear of God, the Lord will not say us, do not be afraid. He wants us to be in the fear of Him. Again, um, in the same sense, like uh, when God is uh, speaking to Abraham, he says, do not be afraid, I am your shield, exceedingly great reward. Let's try to understand why Abraham, it's not written that Abraham like, was afraid of him, right? He was, he was uh, you know, he was uh, in kind of a position. Yes, and he, had, he had a servant, and he said, Eliezer is, uh, is my heir, you know, he's not my child, but he would inherit, you know, all the line. So he was afraid because he wouldn't have any child, you know, this is what I believe, and this kind of fear, it's something natural, you know, because he didn't know how it could be possible for God to give him this, you know, uh, posterity, this seed, he didn't have any natural children. So you could could also say, 
um, well, it's it's like a feeling. It's like an emotion. You know, I Abraham, Abraham was like, how how that would happen? Actually, he was you know questioning himself. He he was afraid in that sense. You know that he wouldn't be able to uh, you know to have any children. And actually, uh, his uh, servant would be his heir. So you know some natural fears, and uh, we shouldn't be like you know condemning ourselves, you know, because this is something natural. But God comes there and he speaks to Abraham. He comforts him. So he gives him comfort and finally he says, no, it will be um, your descendants be like the stars in heaven, you know, and you could number them. And uh, you see, Abraham believed Right, this famous verse, and he, uh, the Lord accounted it to him for righteousness. So there you see that his faith, you know, covered, covered this fear. This fear that he had actually was covered by his faith. Okay, so it dissipated any, like, doubts, as you were saying, any fears, you know, and he was actually, he believed and, and, and he was uh, glad and God accounted it uh, for him, his righteousness. Yes? No, 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 natural fear is something that is natural for you as, as yeah, normal. You can say normal. Normal is a good word there. Sometimes we have something that is, you know, it's part of our life. There are actually simple natural fears where the flesh comes in. We, we discussed these things yesterday. Emotions, you have also, you know, your spirit and um, you work with all that. Sometimes it's not so easy to define, is it this or is it that. So I believe that the fear is, is an emotion, you know, it's a strong emotion that sometimes it's also um, linked to our spirit, you know. By the way, in this verse, you will see, we will actually read this verse uh, later on in Timothy, right? He has given you not the spirit of fear, the spirit, of, he says actually spirit of fear. I just read it, pneuma, and the, the word for fear after that comes. So, he didn't give us the spirit of fear. That means our spirit that we have, that comes from God, is not the spirit of fear, but the spirit of wisdom, love, uh, and so on. You see, in that sense, he just... Uh, uh, show us the quality of the spirit that we have. Okay, but the fear itself is an emotion. Yeah. Situations, and the, the best way to know is through the word of God. Okay, so if uh, you know there is a situation, you judge it. Actually, you have to um, go more like with your knowledge than with your emotion. If you need to decide, or rather, it's from God or not from God. So you reason out the situation by the knowledge that God gives you through the wisdom, you know, and then your, your feelings, they, they are there too. Sometimes, they, they, you know, if you're very sensitive, there's something that you can actually intuitively feel, okay, maybe you have the spirit of discernment. It's, it's also like about your, your sensitivity, your spiritual sensitivity, you, you feel it, but then still you have to use your knowledge in order to know really if this is it, uh, and you can check these things with others, so can speak with the person, right? So it's not, you shouldn't uh, only like count on feelings, let's say, in order to make decisions, but rather also on your intellect, I would say. Okay. I would like us to see what is fleshly fear. Because, you know, we can understand this even through scripture and then we can apply it to our life. Mm -hmm. So what is fleshly fear? Where can we find that? Let's go to Matthew 8, 26. Matthew 8, 26. So I will read the whole passage, actually, from the verse 23. So 8.23. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, 
so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you, o you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Okay, so, so it's obviously it's something that is very subtle there. We have to understand, um, you know, the, the fleshly fear, if you want, comes also like it's an amplification of our natural fears. So no, no, just just to understand that, that that principle. You see, when when we have something, the natural fear is one thing, but then our flesh, that means um, something that is old in us, right, can can go there, and we we can come like to a position where actually we're not anymore in the will of God, but we're missing something because of this fleshly fear that comes. And this, uh, I see it like in all kind of situation in life, you know, be afraid uh, of something and, and that is actually in our flesh. In this situation, the Lord actually says, for you of little faith. So, uh, so what can we say now? Like, what was he expecting them to do? I'm asking this question. What were these twelve disciples? Okay. So first of all, they had this natural fear because the tempest was was big, and they know that. I mean, if there is nothing that happens, they will they will actually you know uh, they will go into the waters, right? This is something natural. But then it was amplified, you know. And let's see uh, why does the Lord rebuke them? How we can understand that? Yeah. So something there, but. Um, what, what can we say in this situation? What did he expect them to do? Faith, basically, because the Lord was with them, and what they could have done is to pray, right? So this, I believe this is so in this situation, that's what actually happens in our lives also. We, we can speak about that later. You know, when we're afraid of something, you know, we're afraid of losing our work. We're afraid of, you know, of being rejected by other people. We're afraid of losing something in our relationship. We need to pray. You know, the prayer is so important there. You know, so to ask the Lord to fortify, to strengthen us. You remember, and they were the, when they were actually in the in the garden of Gethsemane, the Lord told them, pray, pray, so we wouldn't mm-hmm. enter into temptation. Mm-hmm. Here, what this would you know, I believe they should have done. And actually, the Lord was there. He was calm. Again, and nothing would have happened. He, they had to know that they wouldn't perish because the Lord was with them, basically. And He was the, the assurance uh, of their life. So, even, you see, this is like how we can understand that. So, they had to have done, but they were like, they were actually over, um, overwhelmed with natural fear. And it was amplified. Yeah. Well, this this anxiety, you know, that is there. Do not be anxious or be anxious, anxious for nothing. It's another emotion. And all, the, all these emotions, we you know, we can also have control on them by prayer. Okay, so we have anxieties in the same well, in the same uh, way. You know, this is part of our life, and you, you can deal with this uh, in the same way. We're looking into the fear. You know, the, the, some anxieties they they can actually paralyze us. They can stop us from doing so many things. So we have to bring it to the Lord. Whatever we are anxious about in our lives, we bring it to the Lord. And if you look at it deeply, you know, anxiety is very much linked to fear. 
It's, it's there. We can see it, we can feel it, we can sense it. Yeah, I have this anxiety because I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that. And sometimes we're afraid of things that are not even real. They're kind of in our imagination. Oh, maybe this can happen, this can happen. And we're afraid of this. And sometimes we nourish it, these uh, fears, you know. And this is what the flesh does. You know, in, in terms of, I think, in the spirit. You know, but in that in this situation, they were afraid they were, they were to lose their lives. I think this the difference is, is there too. Obviously, like they they were still new, although they were trained with the Lord, so they they passed already through some period of training. You know, and if he says you will faith, that means he expecting them to have this faith because it was given to them. You see, so uh, in that sense, it, it doesn't matter where we are in our stage. Uh, of, of spiritual walk with the Lord, there are always things that, that will come and we need to exercise faith. Because God, God gives this faith and in the faith there is power to dissipate fear. This is what we have to know. Our faith, it's like it's something very substantial. It's something very real. It has this power to, to, to allow us to, you know, to conquer our fears. This is the idea. Shepherds, they was in the beginning they were just afraid because of this, you know, this glorious society. What's what happened? They didn't know. Like it's the first reaction, they were afraid. But the angel said, "Do not be afraid." So he, he comforted them. He gave them comfort in that sense. You know. So this is natural. Um, now uh, I want to say that if you want to understand a little bit better the difference there, we have to see what happened with Abraham. And we just studied it recently, right? That Abraham, uh, a couple of times he was in a situation where he said to, to the kings, uh, you know, my, um, oh, he asked Sarah to say, he is not my husband, but he is my brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You remember? Yeah. So this is the situation where we are at, actually. Because um, he actually, he was afraid. He had this fear, and this fear brought him to do what? Uh, to lie. This is the fleshly fear. Because if you want fleshly fear, when sin is involved. In the natural fear, sin is not necessarily involved. This is how you can see the difference. Okay? So, uh, Abraham, he was afraid. Okay, we can understand he had the natural fear, but then, you know, it went, he went, he didn't have enough faith to say, you know what, I will go through this land, and I know that the Lord gave me the promise to give me inheritance, so nothing will happen to me because gave, uh, God gave me this promise. I do not need to lie to these people around to say that my Nassar uh, is not my wife. Okay, the Lord will protect me, right? So we can understand that. I mean, it's easy for us to say it now. I don't know how we would have acted, but we understand that this, what Abraham did, was not sin, you know? So and this is what the flesh, the fear is. You see, this, you can, you can understand. We have that. Now, in Genesis 3.10, this is the first time we have this uh, word, uh, Yara, uh, the, Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew word. Um, and you remember this verse very well. Genesis 3.10. And this is when Adam sinned, right? And they hid from God. And he says, mm-hmm. so he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. Mm-hmm. Because I was naked and I hid myself. Okay, so we see there, so this first fear of Adam. Before that, he didn't have this kind of fear, right? But uh, then when he sinned, it brought also fear to, 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 to sleep. 
uh, sphere, if you want, ungodly sphere, the fleshly sphere, that is in our flesh, in our old nature for us, it will be, uh, it, it will be like um, mingled with sin. It's not natural fear anymore. You see the difference, natural against natural. But then the fleshly fear has some elements of sin there. So this is what we can remember. So this is the first um, instance where the, 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 this fear uh, was there. So now Genesis 12, I think this is when Abraham, uh, you know, he lied. This is there. So we'll not read it. And now the third category that we're going to study today um, is the fear of God. Okay? The fear of God, or the godly fear, is something completely different. By the way, I would say this is not found in this world anywhere. It, God gives it to us. It's, it's like it's so precious. The fear of God, you, you can uh, explain, try to explain to a non-believer what the fear of God is. Forget it. It's very, it's very hard to explain. Because... It's a kind of awe before God. It's, it's more than that. It's respect, it's reverence towards God. It's also the understanding that God is the one who judges, who can discipline. And we, we still we come with fear to God. We know that He will discipline us eventually. He will chastise us, you know. But this fear is something that pulls us to God. The fear of God is something positive. It's a great driving force in the life of a Jew. But the situation is there. Just read it for you. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, "This is his wife," and they will, and they will kill me. But they will let you leave. So I simply put this verse there to show the situation where Abraham actually lied that he had the fear, but the word is not there. The word fear, the Hebrew word, is not there. To say that the word fear doesn't appear in this word, that's it. So, um, so let's go to the next um, next verse. So, I'd like us to go on and see actually in Acts 2:43. Let's read in Acts 2:43. Acts 2:43. So Acts 2.42-43 And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. So, do you see that in Acts 2? 42-43, you don't have that? Differently, the awe or the fear, but for us it's the same thing. Okay, let's say let's, let's understand that. Lacan in French, Lacan. Okay, it's not so easy to define. It's not so easy to understand. It's not like a natural fear, you know. It's uh, it's a sense of awe before God. You know, it's the fear of God, and in much translation, it's the fear. Okay, but it's actually to be, um, you know in awe before God, to have this reverence to God. In this situation, we have to understand that the, the disciples, they were, you know, all together, they, it was the first big conversion, right? It's when Peter spoke this famous, uh, you know, speech in Acts 2, and this, the Holy Spirit actually began the church, right? Those were the first believers. So they, they, they had this, this great, like, 
secure at this understanding of God's presence, of God's power, of God's work with them. It was like something also collective. They were in one accord, they didn't have... Okay, Peter spoke about uh, the Lord, and the apostles were with him, and the people came to believe, right? We have it there. Um, then those who gladly received the, his word were baptized, and that, uh, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Okay? Then fear came upon every soul. I want you to understand that fear in that sense is very positive. Mm-hmm. It's something that is actually, um, that, that, that were on all the apostles as well. You know, and the apostles and the, and the um, disciples and all of them, they were with this fear of God, this understanding of God's presence, of God's power. Okay? So, uh, this we have in, in Acts 2.43. And there is another passage in Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis 28, uh, verse 17. Genesis 28. And this is um, um, what uh, happened to Jacob. You remember Jacob and the Jacob's ladder? Well, that knows this passage very well. She, she works with this, this these days. So, um, I will just read it uh, for you from uh, the verse 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. It, I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome in this, is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So, so Jacob had, had this encounter with God, had this vision of, uh, of, la- of the latter, right? And the angels, they were descending and ascending on the slaughter, and, and he had fear. He was afraid. Again, um, you know, to be afraid in that sense is to really um, understand that God is so close. You know that he is there, and he is even here. He 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 is now with us. You know what? Like, try to just imagine for for one moment. To imagine that uh, we're speaking like, like we're studying, and the Lord is just sitting and hearing us. I, 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 I'm saying that, and I'm a little bit afraid. You know, I mean, just imagine he's like listening to us right now. He's there. I mean, it's, we have like a different, different actual feeling. Verb that is used generally, it can be in some situations it can mean actually it is godly fear. In some situations it can mean actually fleshly fear. So it, the same word is same word in Greek also is there. So let's actually go to these words and we can just see appreciate it also how it's written in Greek first. So, um, in Greek you have three different words. One word is phobos. Okay, everybody knows what it means, right? This word in our language. Okay, so phobia is the same. So, phobos is fear, and this is number two on our list. So, it actually, this is the most used, uh, this word is the most used, it's a general term, you know, for fear. And sometimes, actually, it's, it's a fleshly fear, sometimes natural fear, sometimes it's, it's the godly fear as well, in different, in different so verses. Absolutely, right. But what I say is that um, this word exists somehow in our language, but with, with a certain 
yeah, different yeah, meaning. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now it's more negative. negative. In Greek, you see, it can be uh, of, of these different sorts. Okay, so um, uh, now in Acts, in the book of Acts, we saw it already, how it was used, this word actually, for both. We saw it in Acts 2.43. We saw that it was um, a, a positive, godly fear. So let's go on and let's see how it's used in 5.5. 5. So we just go to the books of Acts and we're going to read it fast there. Okay. It's still in Acts. Acts, the book of Acts. So in the, uh, in the chapter 5, verse 5. So it's the situation with Ananias and Sapphira. You remember? Mm-hmm. So... Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, after the words of Peter, Ananias fell down, right? The Peter talk, spoke to him, and he fell down, and this is where we are. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Okay? So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. Great fear fell upon everybody there, you know? So it's... I see it, um, you know, like... Um, I see it as a fear of God, too. It's not something... Well, it's, it's natural. Let's, say, let's put it this way. It's natural in the same time as the fear of God as well. The people who were there, the when they saw that uh, Ananias just fell down and, and basically died, right, because of the words of Peter, because Ananias, he, he, he cheated in, in, in a situation, you remember, right, with his wife. So uh, the words of Peter were very strong, and God was keeping the church... Holy, this is this was his intent of this judgment, right? And um, the people were freed. So they saw that God is the one who disciplines, the one who brings judgment, you know. And uh, and sometimes His judgment is fierce. So they were afraid in that sense. It gives us this fear for the for the people around us. It's true, it's very strong for evangelists because we, we're afraid of what can happen to a person if this person dies without knowing the Lord. And this fear brings us to love, to be also to have this courage to bring the word. You know, some evangelists I know, you know, they go, they go through many obstacles to come to speak to a person, you know, in, in his, before his death or even in, during his life. And there's some obstacles as uh, people come in, you know, but this person still goes because he wants to share the word of God, or she wants to share the word of God, and this person can hear it and be saved. So this kind of, this is kind of uh, fear of God. Yes, that the God will we can have doubts, but yes, we shouldn't have any doubts. The Lord sees everything. You're right, completely there. So if this is the, the usage of this word now in the verse 11. Uh, it's the same thing. The great fear came upon all the church. It's still the word for boss. It's the same situation. Now, uh, in the uh, chapter 9, verse 31. Just go there. 31. Um, yeah, Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. So they were walking in the fear of the Lord. They were walking in the fear of the Lord, of this um, pre- the understanding of the presence of the Lord and um, of His work with them. The, the fear is something uh, so so strong there. 
Okay, we have it uh, there. And now 1917. Just uh, to finish with this. 1917. Paul, who is in Ephesus, and the same word we can, we can uh, see there. It's still Phobos. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Again, fear. The fear was on the people, and um, the work of God continued in His name was magnified. By the way, when I was uh, doing this study, I saw that in the book of Acts, this word for boss basically is always uh, referring to this fear of God. It's always the fear the, the disciples had, the fear that was there with them, you know, they were walking in the fear of God. It's always in this um, sense that it's used there. Okay, to, to, two other words. The, the one is in the um, Dalia, it's used only once, Dalia, in the New Testament. And this is the famous verse that you, you quoted, it's 2 Timothy 1 7. It's rarely used in the New Testament, in the Greek language, right? So, um, Catherine, do you have it? Not the spirit of timidity. You see, they, they translated it differently. So, uh, and this is a good translation. In, in my Bible, it says the, the spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, in different Bibles, it's a different word. Because the original is different. Mm-hmm. The original word is not for boss. The original word is dalia there, right? This word is actually always used negatively in the Greek language. It's always negative connotation. It means um, uh, this kind of fleshly fear. You know, it's not only timidity, like in, you know, in, 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 as we know it in French, sometimes timidity. Yeah, it's something that is actually uh, prevents us from, from going on okay. in the world. This is what it is. Yeah. Okay, so understand the idea. And this is what Paul was saying. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, of being, uh, you know, in yourself, uh, not allowing yourself to, to grow. The third type is actually olabia, eulabia, something like that, eulabia, and that you have it only twice in the New Testament, and, um, well, it's, it's very strong. I would like us to read, because I, I never knew that it was a different word that used there, eulabia. So let's just uh, open in Hebrews 5.7. I find that they they give us um, a fear of God. You know, it's hard to understand. Like even to be close to these kind of verses. I'll just read it. Okay, and then, okay. So five and the verse is seven. Another place. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Okay. So when the standard refers to the Messiah himself, who had this godly fear, and the word is eulabia, this this is often used in the positive sense. It's like it's what we're looking for. Actually, um, it's outcome of this kind of fear 
It's another word, yes, so it's piety, uh, like, do you understand really well what it means? I mean, sometimes it's not so easy to understand. Fear is there, right? So his godly fear, and I think it's important for us because we can, um, we can understand that the Lord went through so much, you know, from the garden of Gethsemane to the cross, okay? And it's written that he learned obedience, but what he, he has suffered. Obviously, he willingly uh, obeyed the word, and he went to the cross because he knew that was necessary to save the humanity, you know. But uh, he, he had this, uh, this fear. And I would like to say that, um, again, this fear um, is, uh, is something positive. It's something that speaks about the closeness to God, also speaks about the obedience that we have. To, uh, it's, it's, it's strong, it's there. So can we go to Hebrews 28, verse 12, 28. And there we read this. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. So the same words, okay, fear, or um, maybe you have another word there, um, you know, the all godly fear. So the same thing is there, right? But now it uh, at first was. Don't you find that incredible? The first time it refers to the Messiah, and the second time it refers to the believers. And there are only two times that you find this word in the New Testament. Mm. Only two times. The one is this fear that God, that the Messiah had himself, he exemplified it by his obedience to the Lord and to, to, to God the Father and us. You know, we have to have this fear in order to actually model the Messiah in our lives, right? To do as he did, you know, to follow him, to go in his steps, and we can do it by the fear that he gives us, right? I explained now uh, the, the word that is used often is Yara. Uh, by the way, you have this in Isaiah 11, 2. This word is used. And I would like us to read this passage. Mm. You, you may be familiar with this because it speaks of the Spirit of God. It's in Isaiah 11, 2. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and the branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. I remember at one point uh, Dr. Fuchtenbaum, he made like, um, you know, a menorah, actually, well, not, he didn't make the menorah, but he, he showed on the menorah that uh, the Holy Spirit would have seven attributes, and the, uh, this middle, in the middle is the Spirit of God Himself, and then you have those um, six attributes that you see here, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of the Lord. So it's like one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Is this this is also big. And you can see, actually, there is a certain um, opposition there. Uh, how could I say that? Harmonious opposition of the knowledge and the fear. 
We have the fear of God. When we read scriptures, we understand the word, we actually, we're, you know, we're in awe of, of the word of God. But we also can study just intellectually, saying, okay, this is nice, this is good, this I understand, I understand theology, but without the fear of God. Oh, without knowing that we're still humble. You know, the fear of God keeps us humble. Because really this is important. We have so many things we do not know, we do not yet understand. So whatever we learn from God, it has to also to uh, nourish our fear of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the knowledge is through His Spirit. So we're always in relationship with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us this fear of God also, right? So when we're filled with the Spirit, also we're filled with, this, with the fear of God at the same time. Okay, so... Uh, I think we, we did really well. I would like just to mention here, uh, basically, uh, these various a- aspects of the fear of God as we already studied it. We'll not go through the passages, but just to say, when a person is deeply touched by an unusual manifestation of God's presence and power, the fear of God is on display. So, um, you have, it, you have it in these passages uh, in the book of Jonah as well when the, uh, the people on the boat they, they saw that the, the sea suddenly became calm when they threw out Jonah, remember? The fear of God fell upon them. So they were greatly afraid of the presence of God because suddenly everything was so calm So and they believed and they offered sacrifices. Remember that in the mm-hmm. book of Jonah. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, where the fear comes. And for us, uh, I actually put it in bold, Acts uh, uh, 2, 42 to 43, because really I believe this is what, um, how we can apply it in our lives. We can be in the fear of God when we read scriptures, and when we study together, we study by ourselves, suddenly we come to a certain passage to understanding, to the understanding of the word of God, and we're filled with uh, the presence of God. Mm-hmm. We feel like, oh, he's there. So we do not necessarily need to have visions or to have some kind of, you know, supernatural manifestation around us in order to be filled with the Spirit of God, in order to be filled with the fear of God. And uh, when Sarah uh, asked actually back to it, because we didn't speak about it yet, can we be filled with this fear uh, all the time? So, you know, do we have the fear all the time, or does it come just suddenly in, in our lives? And I would say it should be both. Okay, first of all, this is uh, what I mean um, in the next, um, you know, line. I say that um, we need to walk on, our, on a daily basis with this fear of God. Okay, it's not necessarily that we have like a strong emotion there all the time, but we, we have the desire to honor the Lord all the time with the way we speak, with, with the way we act. Okay, so in that sense, we're walking with the Spirit, or with this, to be filled with the Spirit of God. Okay, but sometimes there are manifest, like big manifestations of this. If you want to see it through the words, if it helps you to remember, you can, I think you can do it. Gabriel? I said that we have to um, honor the words, right? Also, in the worship, I think we'll find the fear of God in the worship. You know, not only when we sing uh, praises, which is important, when you sing praises to the Lord, you know, you, you have this fear of God, but also in our daily life, the worship, our daily worship, you know, our daily commitment to the Lord, all that yeah, is accompanied by fear as well. And the last one, uh, God is the ultimate judge. He can discipline us for disobedience. There are a lot of verses there. You can look at it uh, 
at home because we know that uh, ultimately we will all have to give account to the Lord mm-hmm. for what we have done here. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have that fear as well yeah. because we know that God will discipline. Yeah, 